Hi, everyone. I am so excited to welcome back Nicole Berlucci with us today. Um, after we talked last time, Nicole and I got to talking about there are just so many amazing, amazing saints that I I hope we get to talk about so many of them. But Nicole has a very, very special love for Our Lady of Guadalupe. And after the show last time, we were talking and um, she offered to come back and talk to us more about Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I took her up on it. And I am so excited and cannot wait to hear. So, Nicole, thank you for joining us again. Yes, thank you for having me back. I just love the podcast, like I said, and I love the scenes. And so anytime you want to have me on, I will gladly come on. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, well, let's dive in. Tell us all about her. Yes. So, um, you know, Mary has always been really special to me. And even as a child, I was, I wouldn't say obsessed, but like I was fascinated by apparitions of her. And so um, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lords, all of those stories I was drawn to, like I definitely watched some like cartoon type renditions of the different apparitions. But Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, I would say caught my attention because I really loved um, the Latin American culture. I loved that I saw um, in like some of the Hispanic population um, of our church or the Latino population of our church, just such a strong devotion to Mary and to Jesus. I mean, the respect and the reverence is just incredibly beautiful. And so I became drawn to her and her story and this, this, um, this cloak that Juan Diego brought to the bishop. And so, you know, my, my um, interest in her was kind of, you know, just trained her appreciating the image. But then um, I was working for the Wharton School and we had a global alumni forum. Um, I was an event planner at the time. We had a forum down in Mexico City, which is, I can't remember exactly how far, but like an hour or two away from the shrine there. And um, we uh, after the event happens, we usually have an opportunity to tour around. And so the options were, you know, go to Guadalupe and go to the pyramids. And so um, we had agreed we would do both, like amongst the staff that were there. Well, our tour guide right before we were leaving the hotel was like, you know, it'll be much quicker if we just go to the pyramids and don't go to Guadalupe. <laughs> And I like internally, he's saying that, and I am not the type of person who is like, no, I'm going to do this or yes. like, no, everyone needs to do the thing that I want yeah. to do. I'm not that type of person at all. But this was like, there's absolutely no way I am missing the opportunity to I go know. to this it's shrine. Close. I know. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so I said, I like, went against like my normal tendency and I was like you guys can all go to the pyramids I'm gonna go ahead and go to the shrine I'm sure I can find transportation there which is absolutely crazy we had had like a whole lecture on like the chances of getting kidnapped in Mexico if you're like traveling by yourself but what was awesome was even though like you know most of the group 
was not Catholic. They were all like, hey, if you want to go to Guadalupe, we'll all go before we go to the pyramids. And so we did. And um, gosh, just thinking about it uh, is kind of making me feel teary. But so they have, um, it's like almost like those airport walkways that are in front of the Tilma. So the Tilma's up high and you're riding across and there's like three or four, I can't remember how many. So you basically like ride across and then you get up back off, get on another one, ride back the other way. And so um, I was just overcome with tears. Like I couldn't even explain it. I just started crying Mm. and um, I could just feel our lady's presence so profoundly um, there. And like the the other staff members that were with me did not know what to make of it. Like they were, they, they did say, I will say, they said, you know, like we were so glad that you made us come. Um, but like when they were like asking, they were like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I can't explain it. Like, mm-hmm. but I am just feeling the Holy spirit. I am feeling our lady's presence and it is making me cry. Like I am feeling the love right now. And so after that experience, I really just, um, became devoted to her. You know, of course I, I bought a number of like prayer cards. I bought a rosary that was rose scented and it had like a little seek and find thing where you could look through the cross to our, to an image of our lady of Guadalupe. And so, um, that was beautiful. Like just that image of like looking for her in the cross, just a whole other thing to take to oh, prayer. Wow. Yes. Yes. I love that visual idea of, Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, so I also there I picked up the novena to Our Lady of Guadalupe and I started praying that pretty faithfully. Um, and so I, you know, so at the time I was dating my husband Joe when I went to the shrine, and then um, you know we would get engaged the summer, the following summer, and we had kind of like a a hard start. To our marriage like um not that we were um we weren't fighting or anything it was just we were immature like we were both pretty immature and kind of had some wounds from our past that uh made things pretty difficult and um it was like I was I was I would use responsibility as an escape. Like I would do all the things like clean the house, do all those things. And Joe was more like the, okay, if you're going to do all that, then I'm just going to go have fun and do all those things. And so we started, um, we started growing apart a little bit and that was like extremely um, compounded by, uh, we struggled to get pregnant with our second son, Charlie. And so I was, going to a fertility specialist, taking Clomid, you know, where they would monitor my ovulation and um, all those types of things. And it was an extremely stressful year. And so that became like, you know, a chore, you know, our intimacy was gone. It was like, gotta have sex on X, Y, and Z days. And, um, and so we really just started growing apart. Mm -hmm. And um, then, you know, Fast forward almost two years after that. So I ended up getting pregnant with Charlie, thanks be to God. But then surprise, the the doctor had told me I would never get pregnant again after him. I stopped doing Clomid and all those things. And I ended up getting pregnant with our third baby, Annie. 
at the time I was working like a pretty intense, I had taken on a pretty intense job because I didn't think I was going to have any more children. And, um, and so Joe and I, things came to a head for us because like he was, he was, um, feeling stressed with work and I was feeling stressed with work and, um, our roles were changing. I think, you know, like me taking on a role where I was traveling and trying to figure out, okay, now I'm pregnant and what, what do I do with that? And what does our future look like? So all these things like started to pile on. And, um, and so we came to a head where we like recognized we needed to go to counseling. And, and so again, under our lady of Guadalupe, I was like really taking this to her, um, praying the novena. If you, the novena prayers are just so beautiful. Um, I should, I'll try to read the memoiry part of it. Um, when I finished telling this whole story. So anyway, um, so things got better. I mean, we, we had the opportunity, um, to, uh, just heal a lot. We renewed our vows. Um, and it was just like a really beautiful thing. And then it was time, you know, Annie was due in December and, um, (laughs) I'm just so right. And so, um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, don't be. And so because my babies had been so big, they were like, um, you know, you can pick in your 40th week because we don't want you to go past your due date because, um, we don't want you to, to risk anything. And so, um, wouldn't you know that right smack in the middle of that week, my 40th week was the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh, of and course so, it was. Of course. <laughs> know, right? Oh. And so our daughter, Annie, um, who I named for uh, St. Anne, uh, the grandmother of Jesus, Mary's mother. And uh, so she, her full name is Annalisa and St. Elizabeth because the the gospel that day was on the visitation, um, mm-hmm. was born on the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, um, she, so the other special thing that happened with her, even after the fact, so like, you know, we had gone through all these things, Joe and I were healing, we had the baby. And then four months later, we ended up traveling to Rome for St. John Paul II's canonization. And Annie, just by sheer God, really by sheer God's intervention, she and I had ended up in the back of a section where she ended up getting blessed by Pope Francis, like driving right oh by my us. Goodness! And so again, like it was just like I'm like, Our Lady is just so with us, and oh my goodness, just has interceding, and she just you know just like all these consolations from her and from Jesus, and um, and just all the good things that have happened because of that. Yeah, so it's just so beautiful, and I'm so grateful to her. Oh my goodness. When things happen like that, you just can't, you just, you know, that there is something beautiful and bigger than we could ever dream of happening, you know? Absolutely. Yes. 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 That is so special. I, I'm just blown away by how similar our stories are with so Mary, um, Mary Alice was born after 12 years of secondary infertility. 
Okay. Wow. uh, Yeah. Our Lady Endure of Knots is her very, very special person. And so I completely understand and relate to like, anytime I talk about the story, I tear up and (laughs) it takes you right back to that moment. And and that gratitude of when a doctor's looked you in the eye and said, I'm so sorry, you're never going to have another child. And you say, okay. Yeah. And then you process that and you keep going. And then all of a sudden the Lord intervenes and it's unexpected and overwhelming and exciting and all the things. Yes. And you know, it's like, it's just him giving good gifts. I mean, I'm really, truly, um, yeah, such a blessing. It's amazing. Well, um, Our Lady of Guadalupe, I have a special, um, a new relationship with her because at the coffee shop that I go to every day, (laughs) Because <laughs> I love it so much. Um, there, um, there was a young man that worked there, and he's actually been transferred to another shop now. But um, he had a beautiful, beautiful tattoo of Our Lady. And one day, I, I had wanted to ask him about it, and wanted to ask him. And one day, I finally said, "Hey, tell me about tell me about your tattoo. Do you have a special devotion to her?" Or he said, "You know what? Not really." Um, but I was raised by my mother and my aunt and my grandmother, and they have a special devotion to her. And so it's really an honor of them and kind of to remind me of them and, um, how much they, you know, poured into my life. And for my birthday, Brian, my husband had just given me the book about Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, um, for those of you that don't know, the story is incredible. Um, I'm going to let Nicole tell it in a second because she'll probably have the details clearer than I do. But the tilma, the um, cloth that the impression of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe is on has so many amazing, unreal things about it. Um, yes. Like the type of roses that are on the tilma. Um, the that there is a reflection in her eye um of the people standing in the room that yes. there is the the stars the way the constellation is is special and unique and yes. all of these things and so i had brian had given me the book and i had read it and so i got my guts up and i was like i have a book that i want to give you that will tell you all about this beautiful tattoo that you have. And so I was like, I am such a dork. I am that lady. That's beautiful. Lady that you did that. That's going to give a book to someone. Uh, whatever. <laughs> so I gave him this book. And then for about a year, it was just this beautiful opening and avenue where we could just talk and we could just, you know, he could just feel free to ask questions and feel free to ask anything he wanted. We talked about our faith. We talked about music. We talked about all sorts of stuff. But I just, I love when Our Lady gives us avenues to talk to people about her love for her son. And I feel like she's constantly doing that. Like she is constantly pointing us to Christ and pointing us 
giving us these little windows of opportunities for people to say, well, what is the deal with the rosary? What is, what is the deal with this? What is this? And if we take those opportunities and then just get out of the way, the Holy Spirit can use that to help people fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. Um, Okay. So for those people that don't know, tell us the story of the Tilma. What is the Tilma and all the things? Yes. So Juan Diego was just, um, you know, a poor peasant. He was walking, um, I believe to work. I'm not exactly sure, but um, Our Lady appeared to him and um, started talking with him, explaining that she was his mother and um, and basically had said that she wanted a church built in this place and that he needed to go tell the bishop that she wanted a church built. And he was very confused. He was not Catholic at the time. And he, um, and he was like, this Bishop is not going to believe me. You know, you're crazy for giving this why me kind of thing. And so he, he does go to the Bishop and the Bishop said, you need to bring me a sign. Like he was basically, you know, basically what Juan Diego had said, like this guy's not going to believe me. And so um, Juan Diego, uh, you know, went back, his way and then again is walking and our lady appears to him and she, and she said you know did you do, do what i told you to do and he said yes but the bishop asked for a sign and so she tells him i want you to go um and take this this toma to like lift up your toma and take it to the bishop and so um he goes and when he gets the bishop and pulls down she said he was going to she was going to give a sign on the toma when he pulls down the toma these roses fall out that were out of season um that I, i believe they did not even grow in that part of mexico where they were and so right away you know the roses were a sign but then on the toma was this picture of our lady and so like you said it was, you know, it's been scientifically studied, but there were no brush strokes on the Toma. So it was it was impossible that it had been painted. And then the fabric, had, it should have fallen apart by now. It was, you know, the materials that it was made uh, out of and has not fallen apart. And then, like you said, like the stars were the constellation in the sky that very day, that very night. And um, the reflection in her eyes and even like there's something with the eye where the way it is rounded is actually like a human eye, which cannot be painted or drawn or whatever, but happened to be on this miraculous Tilma. And so, um, yeah, and so that so the bishop took that as a sign and set to work (laughs) building the shrine to her, which. you know, they did They did have a fire, I believe, um, and the Toma, of course, survived that. And since, you know, the shrine has been expanded, a leaps and bounds, but um, the Toma is still there today, and uh, you can go and see it, and it's a really spectacular thing to see. I can't wait. I really want to go see it. And what gets me is, like you said, it's been scientifically studied. They've tried to figure out why it hasn't disintegrated. They've tried to figure out why the constellation was that day. And they've, they've studied the reflection in her eyes and all of these things. And the fact that so many people don't know those things, um, 
it actually, it makes me sad because I'm like, we should be telling everyone, you know, people that say I need a sign, I need proof, I need science. Hey, he's giving it to us over and over and over again. It's like that Eucharistic miracles where they've studied the DNA. It's like, there's so many, so many times that he, he does give us a sign and he does give us wonders and mysteries right in front of our eyes. And one day, someday we'll we'll understand, but until then, we will just keep passing out books in the (laughs) drive-thru. Which is beautiful. I I am, you're inspiring me. Like something like that is so inspiring because I probably would not have done that, but wow, that's awesome. I've gotten to the age in my life where I'm just okay being a dork. Like I'm fine (laughs) with that. I love Jesus. I love it. The saints and that's okay. (laughs) That's so good. Well, and the other, so the beautiful thing is she, you know, she is credited with converting, um, I guess it's the Aztecs or the Maya, Mayans, right? Um, because a lot right. of, that's the other the thing. Aztecs. Yeah. The other thing about her Talma was that it, it represented, um, they knew that she stood over whatever they had believed in, right? So it was like, um, I think the colors she wore were, were important to them to understand her. Um, and then how she was standing on the moon. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you are just like tapping into the grace that she has to convert hearts. You probably yes. calling that man to the Lord. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it gets me how she's just so, she's just such a gentle, quiet example for us. And uh, I love that. I have so much to learn. <laughs> I know. I will say I went to a talk one time on her and one of the things I loved um it was the pre- it was the priests that are down at EWTN. I, I think it was Father Mark his name is, but he, he talked about the folds in the front of her dress and that uh-huh. how we should like always imagine ourselves like tucked into those folds close to her heart. Isn't that oh, beautiful? Yeah, so so when I look at that picture I always think of that. Yeah. Um so beautiful Mm. yeah that is so beautiful oh my goodness well now I'm gonna never forget your daughter's Annie's birthday I I know right 12 12 (laughs) (laughs) it is so special and what a gift and there's always a big party at church (laughs) I love that oh our Hispanic ministry yeah I love that beautiful <laughs> we have a beautiful celebration in Arizona too. There is um I miss that. There's a beautiful we'd have a dinner and always the the Hispanic ministry did an amazing job. They'd have a mariachi band and we'd have yeah. this amazing outdoor festival and uh it's beautiful. Yeah. I know. Yeah. A so lot great. to learn about the devotion to her. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, Nicole, thank you again for introducing yes. us to someone. I love learning about her, and I love that image of being tucked in the folds. I'm going to think about that a lot. Well, thank you so much. I, like I said, I love talking about Mary and the saints, and I think this podcast is just super awesome. So, thank you for allowing me to be back on. 
Thank you, Nicole. And for those of you that want to read more of Nicole's writings right now, she's doing just an incredible, awesome rosary um, and the Psalms that I've been watching every morning that I just absolutely love praying along with. So I will put how to find her on Instagram and on her website, all in my show notes. So be sure and connect with Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for tripping over the saints. I hope you enjoyed meeting our new friend, and I cannot wait to introduce you to more new friends. If you would like to become a patron of this podcast, we would love for you to join in at Patreon. The donations you make go directly to cover the hosting technical support and donations we make to our speakers and podcasters and missionaries that come on the show to introduce us to someone new. Have a great day, and I cannot wait to talk to you again.